And we are close, close. Wow, 14 people on already. This is great. We made a little technical change. Now we instead of live video to Facebook, we do live to YouTube and then post to Facebook. So hey, good afternoon. Welcome. Happy Thursday. I'm Bill Gross. And this is our weekly probate real estate uh, Zoom call. Uh, we do this every week on Thursdays, 4 o'clock Pacific time. I record it and we also stream it live onto YouTube if you want to watch it there. Love to have you subscribe on YouTube if you're there or like it or comment there if you have suggestions. But we're trying to build the YouTube piece of this uh, puzzle. And so love to have your support if that's something that you can do. Great. Um, and the idea of this call, and we have some new faces and some regulars. Um, so we don't charge for this. It's open to the public. I designed this to be a kind of a working place for people who are in the business or looking to get in the business of real estate. But the goal is really for working professionals, investors, wholesalers, who are looking for deals or have deals to sell and real estate agents who are looking to get into probate or in probate and trying to work their way through transactions to actually work together and bring problems here, uh, bring uh, properties here, uh, bring, and be part of the solution and participate. And encourage each other to be successful. Um, I've been in real estate since 1986 here in Southern California most of the time. Um, there has never been a better time. Let me just change the view here real quick. There has never been a better time, in my opinion, to um, uh, uh, be a real estate professional than right now. There's never been a better time to make money, never been a better time to um, um, build a business, start a business, get deals done uh, than right now. Yet, that said, real estate is a lonely, tough business. And we all need encouragement, support, uh, help from time to time to share resources. Some of us have it within our company environment, but even those companies oftentimes don't offer enough. And so I designed this uh, call to be a place that you can come weekly and bring challenges, bring problems, share them with the group. Um, and I'll just give you an example. Um, tomorrow I go to probate court. I have a check for $51,000. And I go to court tomorrow to represent a client who I brought this deal to. Uh, an investor to buy a property, hopefully. And I'd say that one in four properties get, get a bid on, you win. I've improved the odds to about one in three based on some things that I do. I make it easier for my clients to invest that way. But it's still one in three. Uh, if I win, usually I'll make anywhere from ten dollars to $30,000 in commissions and profit. Um, and going to court is a couple-hour investment of time but obviously it can be very profitable if I'm doing it. So if I go one and three and I lose two, I look forward to winning that third one. I'd like to lose as many as I can because that means I'll win a lot more. And that's real estate. Uh, it's, it's understanding your numbers, understanding your business, and then working it even in the face of challenges, even in the face of difficulties, still doing the work on a day-to-day -day basis, focusing on servicing your customers, focusing on um, um, doing your job and doing it properly. So that's what I do. Um, I'm a real estate broker here in LA. I represent investors who want to buy property at probate court. I also represent estates. People have properties they, they're going to inherit 
and attorneys and selling properties, primarily those that have to go through court. I also run a real estate business that helps salespeople build their business and build their wealth. And if you're in the business and want some help in those areas, love to help you with that. So a couple of things to share today, but I thought I would open up to the group first. Who has a question or a problem or challenge that you'd like to share the group that perhaps I can help you with or somebody else can help you with? Hey, Bill. Um, Dion Sloan here. Um, I think last week I had brought up a, a situation that I'm dealing with with a seller. And um, he was having some issues with the deed. And um, he, uh, I think I kind of explained it in the way that he was, had a power of attorney and deeded the property to himself. Um, so actually, after speaking with the uh, um, title company, we kind of figured out that that's not, you know, appropriate. And he can't uh, properly transfer the property to himself that way. The property is initially in his parents' name. And um, so my question is, I'm being advised he has to go through uh, conservatorship. So I was wondering what that process looks like. Sure. So just to confirm, so conservatorship is a court-appointed process for somebody who's not competent to manage their own affairs. Most commonly, elderly people are uh, uh, in the process of dementia. They're no longer mentally able to make the right decisions and somebody's appointed for them, or maybe medically, they're in a coma. And so somebody's appointed, a conservatorship is created, and there's a conservator whose job it is, is to look out for the person who's sick or disabled, the conservatee. So is the person who the property is in their name, they're alive, but they are disabled? They're incapacitated. That's correct, yes. So that's a conservatorship. What what county is the uh, um, property in? It's in Orange County. And where in the the uh, conservatee? Where do they live? Uh, they live in in Orange County as well. And do they live in the subject property? No, they don't. Okay. So what happens is somebody petitions to create a conservatorship and often will nominate themselves or somebody to be the conservator. So usually there's a family member, most commonly a child, uh, who'll say, I'll take care of mom or dad. And uh, they'll file the papers with the court to go to court to declare the person incompetent and to appoint themselves as the conservator. They may not want to do that. They may want to... Um, hire somebody, act as a conservator, or if the court determines they're not qualified, or if the court has put it in place, the court will appoint a conservator to run the conservatorship. So in your case, is there somebody who wants to be the conservator? Yeah, so that's, um, that's uh, my client. So he's the son. And yeah, his right. parents were originally on deed or on title, and they uh, are both incapacitated. So so he tried to avoid probate by just deeding the property to himself because he had power of attorney and that Correct. didn't work. So now he has to go through the proper process, which is create a conservatorship, put himself as a conservator, and then go to court to get the property transferred uh, with court approval, right? And so here's the challenge is oftentimes people feel that they can shortcut the process, uh, but the court is going to require approval of any sale of real estate by a conservator. And what that means is the process looks like 
the court will do an appraisal using a probate referee. And they do a particular form called an inventory and appraisal report. It's a drive-by appraisal. They don't go inside the house. And then the, the petition has to file, has to uh, publicize the sale. We're going to sell the property uh, on this date. They have to publicize it a few times. And then they um, select, select an offer after that date, file a petition with the court to get the court to approve that contract. And then uh, now in, in LA, if you uh, file your petition, you know, it's about three weeks, then you get your petition and you follow that, you get a court date today in March or April. And those, so the buyer has to wait you know, until that court date to get the court approved. Then the, uh, uh, the, court, the, the property has to sell for at least 90% of the probate referee's report and meet other criteria. Uh, has to be publicized. There's a number of other criteria. Uh, and then on the day of the court confirmation, anybody can walk in the courtroom like me and say, you know what, I want to buy the property. I'm willing to pay more than that by a minimum of 5% plus $500. So if it's a $500,000 property, I'd have to, and I'm sorry, if the sale was for $500,000, I'd be willing to pay $525,500. And I had to show up with a cashier's check for 10% of that, $52,500. That's exactly what I'm doing tomorrow. Tomorrow, there's a conservatorship that I think is trying to self-deal the property uh, and they're whatever. And so uh, the court has this process. It sounds cumbersome, but it's to protect people from having becoming incapacitated and having a family member take advantage of the situation. So that's kind of an overview of the process, Dan. Does that sound like what what you're preparing for? Yeah, no, that sounds that sounds pretty much right as far as what I'm being advised as well. Now, let me ask this. Does having um, siblings involved um, affect the process at all? Yeah. So a couple things. I, first off, when I run a database, uh, I, I, I'll say this. I'm an expert in LA County. I'm researching Orange County. don't know as much about Orange County. But I think it's similar. When I researched the probate activity in LA County, 95% of the probate cases filed were by attorneys who have done one or less per year. Conservatorships even less. And so while there are a lot of attorneys who know a lot about the law, there are very, very, very few who know anything about selling real estate through a conservatorship. That's my specialty. I, I represented an estate. We had uh, 14 properties to sell. It was very complicated. You don't want them on different days. You want to group them together as best you can. That's what I work on to help the attorney get it through. Because, it, because if there's one wrong thing on the publication or on the notice to the parties or on the sales contract, then you have to continue the sale for 30 days or more. And if you know in real estate, keeping a buyer in a property is tough enough for 30, 60, 90 days. And then you add another 30 days. And theoretically, they could still be overbid. It creates a lot of tension and deals fall apart. That's why less than half of the sales are confirmed on the first time in LA County. Again, I can't speak to Orange. I imagine it's similar. But in LA County, less than half get confirmed on the first day. That's what I specialize in. And so I offer to real estate agents, if you get a, a case that needs court confirmation, particularly if it's a lead and you haven't firmed it up with the attorney, 
let's game plan. Maybe I know the attorney and let's pitch working together as a team and split the deal. Uh, and that way you're bringing in the expertise of a, a probate expert um, with your relationship with the consumer. And those together create a really powerful team. Whereas uh, any other uh, probate person won't know your seller and any other person knows the seller, odds are doesn't know anything about probate. And I use the word probate because serviceships as a subset of the probate business. Does that help a little bit? That it does. And if possible, um, let's collect offline. And yeah. Um, yeah, maybe we can talk more. Yeah, fantastic. Love to. Wait, now I, got, I did get a question um, uh, from Tanya. Can probate be financed? So Tanya, let's be a little more specific. When you say be financed, do you mean can you buy a property at probate court as an overbid? Or do you mean just any probate property? Because there are probate properties in the MLS that don't require court approval, and there are those that do require court approval. So which are you, are you referring to in general, or what are you referring to? She's muted. So let me help. And again, the fact that an experienced agent like Tanya is asking this question, it just tells you that why there's an opportunity, I think, for agents to represent buyers in probate cases because so many realtors just avoid the topic because they don't know. Or even if you do try to sell it to the buyer, because you don't know, your buyer can tell that you're unsure. But I'll, I'll say there's two different major categories of probate real estate, those that need court approval and those that don't need court approval. Those that don't need court approval are almost like any other transaction. They're in the MLS, they can be financed. The form's a little different, but it's basically the same. If you get one, has some questions, call me or text me, be glad to help you. So the majority of them are probates that don't need court approval, and yes, they can be financed. Of those that need court approval, there's two different stages. Ones that need court approval need to get the original buyer under contract, theoretically, in 90% or more of the probate referee report. Those can be financed. However, the buyer has to waive all conditions and raise their, their deposit to 10% before you can file for court approval. So the process is properties on the market, buyer makes an offer, gets accepted, has 17 days to waive all contingencies and to raise the deposit to 10%, which is at that time at risk. They'll get it back if somebody overbids, but the money is at risk if they don't close. One of the risks for buyers is you can't lock in your rate because you don't know how long it's gonna be in many cases before you can close. It's usually three days or so past the court date. So it's challenging, but it can be financed for sure. That's category two. Category three, just to recap, category one, probates that don't need court approval, they're like regular properties, they can be financed. Number two, properties that need court approval, but you're the original buyer, they can be financed. You have to waive conditions and raise your deposit before you can file for the court date, which can be another 90 days. After the court date, maybe another 30 days. Could be much longer than that. Could be months, could be years. Your money's at risk. Number three, properties that need court approval and buying them at court, can they be financed? The answer is technically no. It has to be a cash offer most of the time. 
generally, most time. However, there are hard money lenders who are like cash. So the property I'm buying tomorrow, it's all cash to the seller. I have a friend who finances properties. I show him the property. He gets me pre-approved. And then when I go into escrow, he'll just wire the money into escrow. We'll do the deeds outside of escrow. Unlike a normal mortgage where the deeds are quartered with a sale, hard money lending is done outside of that sale process. So they can be financed with a hard money lender, hard to find, but I have lenders that do that for you. So I hope that answers your question, Tanya, on financing probate properties. Good, good questions. Next question or problem or challenge I can help you with. The more you participate, the more money you make. Uh, and if you don't have problems, it means you're not working hard. If you should have problems, we should have hey, problems. I got a question, Bill. Sure, how do you pronounce your name? Jamai. Jamai, how can I help you? Yeah, so just quick question. Where do you go? Like, is the court open to the public? So it's an interesting question. I don't mean to be vague. Technically, the court's open to the public. It's COVID. Now, and you say court, you're, I think you're asking specifically probate court, right? Because there's other court divisions that are not open yet, um, and, and, but most are. So a couple of things I'd say. You can't just wander in Stanley Moss Courthouse tomorrow and say, I want to watch a, a proceeding. They won't let you in. When you get to the front door, they're going to ask you what you're there for, and if you just say you're there to look, they're not going to let you in. If you're there for a particular case or file, like I'm an I'm a, a investor, I'll go up and I'll say, I'm here for court hearing in department 44. I'm uh, the buyer of the property. They let me in. And I check in with the front desk and they let me stay there. Uh, if you get your way in the door, then you have to get in the courtroom and tell them who you are and they may or may not let you stay in. So whereas before COVID, I used to host a meetup two or three days a week and give people tours of the courthouse. I can't do that today. Snack bars closed, the, the uh, uh, upstairs lunchrooms closed, and there's no place to hang, hang out. Uh, they won't let you hang out in the hallways. So uh, practically speaking, physically, you really, you really can't get inside. That said, you can go online and paying a fee, watch via video or hear audio a particular court case. Theoretically, any member of the public is allowed to hear that. Uh, those hearings are technically, legally, open to the public. That said, it costs money. It's a little challenging to get in. You won't always get in. So I don't mean to be evasive, but that's the best answer I can say is that um, the, the uh, court is open to a degree, but not open to another degree. Okay, but what about like the actual filings to locate the personal representatives to, to see if we can oh, yeah. make an offer on it? So, okay, so... Um, you can file online. You can make an appointment to go meet the registrar there. You can do court research by, by appointment. So you would call them and make an appointment and show up at a certain time. So whereas in the research room, you used to be able to walk in anytime you wanted. Now you can only go there by appointment. Even simple things like the, the getting a certified copy of a document. You have to go in in person. You fill out the form. They prepare the document, you pick it up, uh, but you have to make an appointment to do that. You can't just go into the document room and get the, the document done. So that's a little bit, a little silly, I think. Does that help?
And so yeah. just to recap, you're just making an appointment online with the doctor? Uh, for documents, you would call the phone number. <clears throat> online would be if you want to watch a hearing. You would have to sign up for a particular court case, a certain hearing, certain date, uh, pick a party that you're a part of, or remember the public, and then you can pay the fee and you can watch a proceeding. But to go in to what you're talking about, to go into research, you had to call the research room on the fourth floor, uh, make an appointment, and then they would let you come in for, I don't know how long they limit you to, that's a good question. If you find out, you know, please circle back and let me know. Um, uh, because it used to be, I would go to court and when I was done, I would go upstairs and use the research. Uh, now I have to do online, it's more, it's more expensive, so. Um, good, ask your question. Yeah, hi, this is Ganesh here. Uh, hi, who's this? Ganesh here. Again, okay, Ganesh. Yeah, so I, um, um, my question is, and I apologize if you already covered this in the beginning. So you said when we go to the court, we need to say why we are there and which property. So do we need to say which property that specifically we are there for? And if so, you know, like, how do I find out that property ahead of time? Meaning, if you don't have any property in mind, can you just show up? The answer is no, you, they won't let you in. Okay, but then how do I get this list of properties, you know, so that I can do the research and then say, okay, I'm here for property A. Well, I'd say that some information is available online. You can look at the calendar and you can see cases there, but that's research. I mean, I, I, I don't know how to answer your question, I do my own research online. I cross-reference cases and properties. I buy data from different data companies to put that together. So you can't just go in and see what properties are for sale on a given day. There's no such list available to you. It requires a little bit of research to do that. So are you an okay. investor or are you an agent? I'm trying to become an investor. Mm -hmm. So find an agent that works the probate cases that can help you with that. Um, I'd be glad to talk to you about that. I, I have property lists I give to my clients. And like I said, I'm going in tomorrow to buy property. Some of you on this, on this phone call right now that was an investor in a property we bought a week or two ago. So I, perhaps I can help you. Um, I don't recognize your name or your contact info, but you know, if you want to call me, anybody on this line, you're welcome to call me directly. Uh, I'll put in the chat box my phone number. And then if you want to um, uh, get some information from me, if you text good stuff to the number 213-460-2577, you'll get a link to my other meetings and the other things I'm working on. Okay, Gigi? Thank you. Good. And I'll privately send you my phone number as well. Oh, that's Thanks. actually, it's in the chat box. Good. Other questions? I have some in the chat box. Other questions? So, uh, Francesca asks, how do I buy a probate property with no court restrictions? Are you into that? Uh, Francisca, are you available? Are you, can you unmute yourself? I'm not quite clear what you're asking me. What restrictions are you trying to avoid? Hi, you said that there are some that need court approval and there are some that do not need court approval. So if I'm interested in buying one that has already been that, that's ready for sale without going to court. How can I buy one? Uh-huh. Are you uh, an agent or an investor? Um, like the last speaker, just a beginning investor. Great. So if, if you work with a real estate agent, they can search in the MLS 
for probate properties that do not require court approval. And I thought you, you have it. You, I thought you have it. Um, you buy data to get the list. You don't. You don't have that. I, I mean, I'm an agent, and I run that list from time to time uh, with with clients I work with. If you, you know, I don't. I don't know you. I'd be glad to talk to you about working with you. And what area do you live in? Los Angeles, San Fernando Valley. Yeah, I, uh, Francesca, reach. Let's talk offline. If you want, reach out to me, and, and if I know who you are, I could get you a list of properties that are available from time to time. We could talk about that. Okay, then. Thank you. Sure. Is there, I'm just curious. Are the people interested in a? Would that be report people would be interested in as investors, properties, uh, probate properties that do not require court approval? Is that something you'd be interested in regularly? Are they less expensive? Well, here's the thing, Francisca. I think that's a great question. Are they less expensive? Or another way is, can I get good deals that way? Yeah. And here's, here's what I would say. I've, I've worked with a lot of investors in my career. And the thing that I don't think new investors appreciate is you can make a lot of money in real estate, but you can have to do some work. Yeah. And I don't think they appreciate how much time you have to spend researching to find properties to find the good deals. Professional investors look at properties almost every day. Uh-huh. And in my experience, they might look at 100, run numbers on maybe 15, and go see three or five to buy one. Uh-huh. And I think now investors tell me it's a little tougher. So maybe it's 150 to buy one. So to answer your question, I do think there are some hidden nuggets in the probate list, but you have to go through 100 to find one. Yeah. And so I think as an investor, you have to find your system. I have a friend who made a lot of money as an investor. He door knocked a huge rectangle in the valley. I forget exactly where, but I would say north of, um, north of uh, whatever. I don't know. It was south of Sepulveda, north of something, of, uh, north of Ventura Boulevard, south of something else, whatever it was. And he door knocked every day and, and he started one end, went to the other, then went back to the front end of that, and just did that year round and hit that whole area every 90 days for about 15, 20 years. And he learned the properties and he talked to 30, 40 people a day and they bought a property every month or two and made a fortune. So there's different ways to make money in this business, but what's not, what's true, I think, is you have to look at a lot of properties to find one. That said, and I learn how to find the right probate and sift through them. There are some nuggets there, but it's required I, to see some of them and figure it out. Can I say something here? So what I had in mind was um, if um, you or any other agent can get one at 70% and are able to sell it to, to somebody like me at 75 to 80%, that's what I had in mind. Um, I mean, I, I, I buy a property like that, but you know, I don't, Here's what I'd say is that if I find a really good deal, I don't need somebody else to sell it. So I know how to sell it. Okay. And so as an investor, you got, you, uh, I, I, I think it requires a little bit more research than, well, bring me a deal and I'll buy it from you. Now, if you're an experienced investor, it's different. When I have a deal, I have one that, that uh, I have and then my investor, you know, for whatever reason uh, is backing out. So I call a, a, an experienced investor with a really good deal but I know he can close on it right away. When you're newer, you have to earn that, those people bringing you those kinds of deals. Mm. So I think in the beginning, you have to look at a lot of property 
Mm-hmm. Once you've bought a couple, then people like me will bring you back deals and say, hey, you've closed on one. I got another deal for you. And I'll, I'll bring it to you. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. How many probably know that was that question? Um, let's see. Uh, Tanya asked, I want to buy probate for myself. As a realtor, I just make the offer like always, or does a, is there a specific form for it? So again, Tanya, I'm not sure if you're asking, uh, if you're talking about property that's in the MLS, uh, if it's a probate, then um, uh, as a real estate agent, we have specific CAR, California Association of Realtor Forms, for a probate property. So if it's a single family home, you use the probate purchase agreement, not the regular purchase agreement. If it's vacant land, it's a regular form with a probate addendum. So uh, you know, call me if you have a particular property in mind, I'd be glad to walk you through kind of what that looks like. Oh, I see you're unmuted, Tanya. What kind of property are you talking about to buy for yourself? talk about it you have a specific property you're looking for no, how to do this i'm sorry i can't i can't hear you maybe tell you i know you have my number we've talked offline if you give me a call i'd be glad to walk you through yeah i don't know what's i'm trying to talk to you can you hear me now yes oh great no there is no specific the uh, no. property I saw is not exactly what I want, and uh, uh, I want to buy one probate no matter where. Just actually, I want to live on it, so I'm looking uh, around the area that I live right now. Later on, maybe I want to buy for investment. However, I have a question. Uh, what about finance? Uh, you say we can finance if it's not a court, court approval, right? You um, cannot get financing no, property I, that you buy mm-hmm. at court confirmation sale, correct? Mm-hmm. But for instance, when I get the loan, I tell exactly what I want to the lender say, oh, I want to buy a probate. Is it a, that's what I have to do or he- No, I don't think they care. Cannot be FHA. You know, Tanya, I'm sorry. We're having a hard oh, time hearing you. Tanya, I, I, I'm having a hard time hearing you. I, I would love to answer your question. Why don't you call me offline and let's talk. I'd be glad to help you, sure. okay? Sure. Yeah, unfortunately, I have a bad connection. Thank you very much. I'm glad to help anytime. Um, okay. Julie Pearson asked, probate cells that don't need court approval, I'm assuming they don't need court appraisal either. Well, um, the, the, the estate has to do a... Uh, inventory and appraisal, uh, which is a probate referee's appraisal, uh, regardless of the date of death for tax purposes. But no, they don't need a, an appraisal for the sale property, correct? Um, musicbiz at gmail.com asks, I'm brand new probate real estate investing. How do I initially look for probate properties? So again, I would say find an agent that can assist you. There's properties that, there's a couple strategies. One is properties that don't need court approval. There are those that do need court approval. So you have to kind of pick the right strategy for you. If find an agent that can help you with the properties, I'd be glad to uh, give me a call and see if I can help you. Okay. Um, and, uh, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll, yeah. I'll definitely give you a call then after the, um, after the call. Great. Is that you? Um, that email, that email address? 
Yes, yes, I'm music biz. I, I didn't, I wasn't, I've never used Meetup. I've never used this uh, site before. <laughs> so somehow oh. I put my email instead of my name. <laughs> oh, got it. Okay. So, well, welcome to, uh, welcome to Zoom. Uh, oh, yeah, we've talked before. Okay, good. Yeah, I've emailed you. Yeah, definitely. Okay, good. Yeah, let's talk offline. Be glad to help you. DT everyone, yes. Not sure what that means. And not now. Do you have any deals now or in the near future itself? Uh, DT, I have deals all the time. I think that, you know, beauty is an eye of the beholder. Uh, you know, it's kind of, you know, I think real estate investment, it's funny. It, it, if you walk into a, a jewelry store, they have all kinds of beautiful watches or beautiful rings. When nobody's in the store at that moment, nobody's buying it. That's inventory. Somebody's going to come in and buy them. I can tell you is, Almost all the property for sale and probate, whether these court approval or not, are, are going to be bought by somebody. And so sometimes it's they're paying too much. Sometimes the buyer has figured out where the value is, where other investors didn't see it. And so I think as an investor, it's easy to say, well, they're paying too much every time. But when you see sophisticated buyers buying certain things, it's because they figured out something that maybe other other buyers haven't. Not always, but maybe. So as an investor, and I, I don't know if you are DT by your initials, so but I would just say in general, um, newer investors are always quick to say, oh, well, there's no deals in that. Well, it, it, there's, it, it's kind of like a diamond mine. If I gave you a billion dollar diamond mine, you're not going to complain to me about how much dirt you have to dig out. You're going to dig out the dirt, get the diamonds and sell them, make a billion dollars. And so investing is, a like, is kind of like that. There's a lot of dirt to move to find diamonds. Your job is to move dirt quickly and find diamonds, polish them, and sell them. That's what we do. So I'm not sure really what you mean by that, and that's uh, true. Uh, Jemai also asked a question, what list service do you recommend to buy data from? So in, if you text to um, 213-460-2577, I have a link there with a couple different data links. Um, I recommend a probate daily. Foreclosures daily has a probate uh, as an inexpensive option. And I have a coupon code that gives you a discount. And you'll get a copy of Kevin Sell's book on Probate 101, which I recommend. I don't make money on that. I just um, get you guys a discount. I also have a link there to all of the leads, which is a little more expensive, but more high-end service in terms of what they offer you. And they also have a free weekly mastermind for investors and realtors and a free um, role play call once a month. And I have the link for, of all that. If you text my information, you'll get that back. Okay. Uh, do I have any deals now? You asked that. So yeah, the answer is I always have deals. I'm going tomorrow to buy a property in court. So ask me uh, tomorrow afternoon time and I'll let you know if I got that one. Uh, hope to can, have I ask, can I ask a dumb question? <laughs> I'm a newbie. I'm a total, no, 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 Julie, go ahead. Okay. And I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm still, still trying to get my mind wrapped around what probate is. Mm -hmm. um, when you're saying that there are um, deals that don't need a court approval, mm -hmm. then is the court not, how, why is it a probate? How is the court involved in? Well, it's a probate, okay. but on those cases, some cases, the judge has agreed to give the person who, filed the case, the petitioner, um, 
authority as the executor or administrator to buy and or sell property without court approval. They have full authority to buy or sell property without court approval. Some people get approved with full approval. Sometimes the court in its discretion gives the petitioner, known as executor or administrator, gives them limited authority, which says, well, you can advertise it for sale. You can sign a contract, but I as the judge want to confirm the sale under these criteria before we allow you to sell the property. So in, California, in Los Angeles County, I want to say every month there's about 800 filings I've seen that just basically lately. And there's maybe 30 properties that need court sale. So there's 800 total probates, some with real estate, some without. And there's only maybe about 30 that need court approval. So the ones that don't need court approval, then you just have to, you just have to get a petition that judge agrees for the executor to sell it. And then, um, and then not even you have to get the judge to approve the executor to have the right to sell the property. Okay. To sell any property, regardless of it. And then you just have to file in some cases, a notice of your intent to sell it uh, within 15 days before you close escrow. Okay. Now what about, so then uh, you can price the property at whatever you want. Then you don't have to worry about that whole appraise. You don't have to have worry about the court telling you what that property is appraised at. Is that right? Julie, just be clear now, you're not, uh, are you an, an agent or investor? What's your role? No, I, I'm an investor, a new, a new investor as well. So I'm not I'm giving you legal advice. Anything on my call, I don't, I'm not an attorney. I don't give legal advice. I'm sharing with you my experience of the procedures, okay? Yeah. And so your question is, um, uh, if once, if you don't have court approval, how, if you don't need a court approval and the court involved, then that could hurt. Um, but you do have to file a notice. Does the executor then have full reign as to the price of the property? Yes. Does it need does it be appraised by the court? It can go get their own appraisal? No. So here's the thing, though. So you, uh, uh, the, the uh, petitioner, could be executor or administrator, depending on the case, um, uh, files the petition for probate. And the judge says, fine, you, you're authorized with full authority, which means you can price the property, sell the property any way you want, not sell the property, whatever, list the property, rent the property, refinance it, whatever you want to do, you have full authority. But imagine there's two or three heirs, two or three siblings, they're entitled to some of the money. And so this is an area that, that is misunderstood. Just because you have full authority doesn't mean you can do something fraudulent. And so if you're one of three heirs and you buy the property yourself or you sell the property to your friend on the cheap for the purpose of reselling it to you to make a profit, one of your siblings or one of the other heirs could, if they find out ahead of time, file with the court to object to the sale. They could object to your handling of it. They could object. You can't distribute the money till the end. So uh, they can object to various things. And there are cases, many cases, where the petitioner, the executive administrator had full authority, but because of conflict along the way, the court said, you know what, we're not going to allow you to sell the property now. We want to approve that. So, uh, or after the probate's done, their people get sued by their 
family members saying, you sold the property to your friend Joe, who sold it back to you, and that's fraud. You're obligated as executive administrator to maximize the value of the estate, not just your individual share. But just because the court gives you the trust or the authority to do something doesn't mean you can do whatever you want. You still have an obligation to act in the best interest of the estate. Just like we as realtors, we can list a property for what we want, but if we lie to a seller and get them to sell it cheap, because we're going to get extra commission dollars, well, we can make that sale, but that doesn't stop the seller from coming back to us and properly suing us for not doing our jobs properly. So is the court then involved in, uh, how is the court involved in keeping everybody accountable? Well, I mean, I've seen a whole wide range. I've, I've seen uh, cases where um, uh, they file a 15-day notice and one of the heirs says, hold on, hold on. We don't want to sell the property or you're selling it too cheap or how much you're selling it for. We want to check it out. So I've seen heirs object to a sale and then they'll file an objection and then the court has to hear that. And I've seen cases where after the sale, uh, uh, an heir sued the executor or the administrator. That's why they sell uh, insurance, liability insurance for executors and administrators. That's why some people don't want to do it because they don't want to risk being sued. Uh, and there's cases where you have 15 different heirs. I've seen, you know, distant families, all kinds of cousins. And, you know, there are people who just are unreasonable, don't understand what costs are, and they don't want to pay commissions. And uh, so, um, um, yeah, that's definitely, definitely a, um, an issue. Uh, you, you can't get away with crime just because it's a probate. Good questions, guys. Any other questions? I have one in regards to, um, what do you think of the pre-foreclosure leads versus foreclosure leads? Or not pro for, uh, probate, I mean. So um, pre-probate, Jess, you're an agent, right? Yeah. With EXP? Yes. In San Diego area? Yes. So pre-probate are um, typically used by investors, wholesalers, not by real estate agents. Uh, now, there are realtors who do pre-probate leads. Um, I, I don't know if anybody who's done it successfully. Um, uh, and I, and I, think, I think of the karma there. They, somebody buried somebody, and now you're going to call them and solicit their, their, their sale of the real estate. You better be very uh, sensitive in how you do that. And then you're calling everybody who died in LA County to get the few that have real estate. But I do know people who take the probate, uh, the pre-probates, and then that data is cross-referenced with those that own real estate. And then maybe even cross-referenced with who's owned the property for 10 or 20 years or longer. They use different analytics to try to move the odds in their favor a little bit. I have heard of that, but I don't know anybody who just buys a pre-probate data as is and calls on those or mails to those. Now, if you're doing it or, you, or you've, you've done it, share your experience on this call. That's what I had this call for. No, I was curious because uh, I talked to one of the guys um, that you use and they were saying that they're the only ones that do the pre-probate and only give you ones that have uh, real estate in them. Correct. Now, Probate Daily has that data. They're the only ones right. that really have it. They do cross-reference it with phone numbers. I would, if it was me, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a happy customer of theirs, 
But I would say I would encourage an investor, a wholesaler to do that and partner with me in the area. And I'd say to them, those that you don't need probate, good luck. Those that need probate, I, I would help them get the probate done cheap, fast, and full approval as quick as possible. And then they can do what they want in those deals. I'm not really necessarily involved. They're just going to buy it amongst themselves. But those that need court approval, obviously those are listings that I want to handle. So I work with investors who call pre-probates, help them get their leads. And then the ones that need court approval, they bring those back to me. <clears throat> so you, it's mainly for investors you feel that isn't- I think so. I think so. Because um, if you think of the data, I don't know that they know they're pre-probate. They just know somebody died. They don't know, is our trust- is or a spouse. The percentage of people who die with real estate, they need to probate, it's a small percentage, right? And, and so you're, you're not, you're, you're uh, now, do they need to sell property? Maybe, maybe not. Um, but I think, I think that's more for a wholesale investor. And then wholesale investors are looking for distressed properties by their nature. And also you can cross-reference that data with tax sales and with liens and with um, city notices and such and get really those properties that are really in trouble, that's what investors are really looking for, I think. So Bill, that's ex I'm okay. glad you said that. That's exactly what I wanna do is I'm uh, act as a wholesaler for pre-probates. Pre mm -hmm. um, and so you're saying to funnel those leads to you and you're like the end buyer, are, are you the end buyer of that or are you just the guy that takes them through the pr probate process? Well, those that need probate, <clears throat> you as a, as a, a wholesaler, you want them to get full authority so you don't need to go to court confirmation. Court confirmation raises the price and takes longer than otherwise would happen. You want a cash offer fast and clean. And the, the problem is everybody knows an attorney. Attorneys like realtors, everybody knows one. And 95% of the cases that I see in LA, the attorney handling the probate hasn't done but one a year. He really does not know the process. May know the law, doesn't know the process may even read the process, has no experience in the process. And so I see pro uh, properties that should get full approval approved, regularly not get approved, regularly get continued two, three months. And the problem is the longer it lingers out there, the more people competing with your deal. So you find a, somebody has a house, they want to sell to you, you agree on a price, they're ready to go. Everything happens until that deal closes for you is bad news. And so you want it done as quick as possible. So the investors I work with and the ones I like to work with that don't work with me have their own systems. It's like a race to get that probate authority done as quickly as possible and properly so they can buy the property as quick as they can. So definitely reach out to me. I'd be glad to help you with some strategies or individual cases how to handle that. Do you think any county is better than another to do like San Diego, Riverside, LA? I know you do LA. Well, and I'm expanding, to be honest, I'm, I'm, I'm building out my business. Uh, we're doing our research now in Orange. And it's funny, combined, Orange, San Bernardino, San, uh, Riverside, and San Diego combined do about what LA does. So we're actually rolling out in those counties here over the next few months. Um, you know, they're all different. They all have pluses and minuses. So um, I would say the one uh, to work with is the, is the area that you're in, if you're an agent normally. Um, 
uh, I built out my business with the idea of building it statewide. Uh, I purposely joined DXP because we have one company statewide. And right. I think certain advantages over competing real estate agents because of that. So you have to find where your competitive advantages and play to that. Okay, thanks. Mm -hmm. Hey, Jake, Go ahead. Yeah, I got a couple of questions. Um, uh, one of them, hopefully, I think is yes, no. Um, the um, situation that you're doing tomorrow where you're taking a check with the expectation of uh, outbidding the current bid, right? If I understood that situation correctly. Uh-huh. Um, in that situation, could somebody else show up with a check that's $500 more than yours? Do they automatically get approved that um, that deal in that situation? Or is it is there any additional discretion or opportunities to rebid or anything like that? Somebody else can and often does show up. They don't need to have a, a more check than I do. But if it goes to a sale, the judge will, will ask if anybody wants to bid more and there'll be a bidding process and we'll go to the highest bidder. So, so your check for whatever you said, $51,000, that's just kind of like gets you a seat at the table. Then you have the ability to bid. Correct. So you can you could have three people with $51,000 checks and then you all just kind of get bidding at that point, whoever has the high bid then. Correct. Okay. And that's the situation where it's court mandated approval for the sale, not the um, other situation where they don't need court approval. Correct. Right? Correct. Okay. Yeah, it's funny because the listing agent in this case is, is not even aware of how to make the checkout uh, and, and, and actually gave my, friend wrong information uh on what to do and so it's just interesting how few people who are in this even know what they're supposed to do on a regular basis but um yeah anybody theoretically can show up with a cashier's check and be there tomorrow and if you show up on time with a check uh and you're pre, pre qualified by the attorney then you're ready to bid okay and i had another question i apologize i forgot what it was so if i remember it i'll i'll unmute again thank you sure or text or email me afterwards. Great. Okay, so it's 451. We're going to wrap up here quickly. Any other questions, challenges, problems I can help you guys with? Yeah, Bill, what's your thoughts on the market? You know, once this forbearance situation, I don't know what's going to happen. What's your thoughts? So, Jemai, how long have you been in real estate? Like three years. How are you doing in real estate? Uh, okay. Okay, I'm a wholesaler, so not really, you know, trend on the traditional side. So um, what I'd say is the first step in real estate is controlling your mindset. Number one, right? And, and that's whether you're a realtor or you're a wholesaler or investor is the, the battle starts with here first. And what I'll say to you is, um, when people ask me about the market, I do try to, to find out what they're looking at and answer their particular question. But to the general question, how we see the market, every day is a new day. I show up and work hard every day, whether the market's going up or down, I, just, I make sure you understand I'm in to make money. I don't have a choice. It's my business. And it doesn't really matter if it's going up or down. My job is to get between a buyer and a seller and make some money in the middle as a broker or as a salesperson. 
and there's opportunities going up, there's opportunities going down. I have to make sure that my mind is, you know, what's this opportunity in front of me and executing on that particular property. Now we talk about the, the rental situation with um, uh, what's it called? Um, where they hold off paying rents and such. As Los Angelino, I just had to tell you, it, it, the whole thing is just heartbreaking. And, and I do think it's gonna get a lot, lot worse uh, in the next few months. And what I, I'll just share with you uh, something that I saw happen. When they stopped the moratorium statewide, we still had a moratorium in LA County in the city of Los Angeles. So the statewide moratorium in didn't in fact, did not affect tenants or properties in LA, LA County, right? Yet on that day, there was a protest at Stanley Mosque that literally shut down the court for about an hour or two. I believe, looking at the politics of it, the people who are behind that, that was a test run. And I believe even when LA County lifts the moratorium, I believe politically, it's just a good, too good a thing for these people. They're gonna continue it and drag it out a lot longer than it should go. And so I think when people look at COVID and the economy and all that, I think this, this um, uh, situation with tenants is gonna be, uh, I don't know how you get out of it. People haven't paid rent for a year. People haven't paid rent for a year just aren't gonna start paying market rent. I just know that having worked with them. People who didn't pay rent for six months before COVID and can't get uh, evicted aren't gonna start paying market rent just because now the state says, okay, the economy is good and you should start paying. That's not how they act. Uh, you might, having been through the short sale process in 2008, 2009, you might think people living for free in somebody else's property might be putting their money in the bank and go buy a house, right? Would that be smart? You're in an apartment, you have to pay rent for a year or two, put the money in the bank, collect interest, buy stock, stock's gone up, chance of a lifetime to change your life, all that. No, they'll stay in that property forever. They'll pay attorneys and not get evicted before they'll move out because it's cheaper to pay an attorney than it is to pay rent. That's what lawmakers who don't own property don't understand. So I don't know what's gonna happen. It just breaks my heart on both sides that people would choose not to pay rent, that, that investors who have a, the lifetime of properties are collecting rents, what it does to the quality of the property in our market area. And I think that's gonna get a lot worse. So I would not invest in multifamily properties. I wouldn't invest in rent control properties. Uh, I'll, I'll sell them if you need have one, you wanna sell it. I'm a great agent to sell it. I get out as fast as I could. I, I don't understand. I've sold them to people. I don't know why they're buying them. I don't, I just don't understand. So that's my take on it, but I'll make money either way. It doesn't bother me. Uh, it doesn't get me down. Uh, as Los Angelino, it hurts to see so many people suffering. Of course, the homelessness and all that is, is very hard to see people in such difficult straits. But my beginning point to you was this. I, I'm in business either way. And either way, I go to work every day, work hard. And I look for somebody who's got to buy, somebody who's got to sell, put them together. And there's always people looking to buy. There's always people looking to sell. Does that help a little bit? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was good feedback, man. I, I don't know. I just feel like basic, you know, supply and demand economics work, you know, we're, right now it's low inventory. So at some point, you know, the, the, you know, there's not low shift. inventory. Uh, you know, I did a video 
on that subject, uh, I think I think when people tell you low inventory, I think that's a misunderstanding of the market. I don't think that's true. Um, in fact, I'm going to give you guys a link here, and I'll put it in the Facebook. I wrote, I did a video. Uh, what does a tight real estate inventory mean? Because I th I think that 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 is. Uh, let me put it here in the chat box right now. Anybody wants it can have it, and then I'll put it in the chat box in the, in the show notes afterwards. Um, but what I'll say is, um, um, I'll, I'll give you one minute. Well, no, watch that video. Go to my YouTube channel, check it out. It's about a, it's a seven minute video. Why I don't think it's true when you say low inventory. I, I think that's a, I think that's, I, I th look, the, the press is gonna always write something. If you're a newspaper or a magazine or website, you have to write something all the time. And so they'll write about inventory being up or down, but they will not tell you what it really means. And I, I, I think that's, that statistic is one of the most misused statistics in our business. So the inventory is what it is. The key is the direction. Is it going up or is it going down? That's important. Each market has its own appropriate level of inventory. If you go to a fancy, I think a high-end uh, store, you go to Chanel, right? They only have so much inventory, but it's all very fine stuff. You go to Costco, they got piles of toilet paper to the rafters. They have different inventory levels for different appropriate businesses. In our real estate market, there's different markets. There's appropriate inventory for each of those markets. And the low inventory should be a lot less than historical. Watch my video, I'll tell you why. Okay? Okay, so that's in the chat box. Hope that helps. Any other questions? I'm gonna wrap up here real quick. In fact, let's just do this. I have to wrap it up. I'm Bill Gross. So I do this call every Thursday, 4 o'clock p.m. Pacific time. I have a call for real estate investment on Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. They're both uh, streamed on the YouTube and then uh, linked there. Uh, if you have questions or want the links to those, text good stuff to 213-460-2577. Be glad to help you if I can. I work with investors every day, wholesalers. I work with real estate agents, help them with their business, particularly when, if they want to get into probate or they're looking to build their wealth and make more money. So I really appreciate you guys being on the call today. Thank you all very much. Have a great day. Thanks, Bill. Appreciate it. Thanks so much, Janice. And Wesley, great seeing you. You too. Thank you so much. You I texted. Oh. Thank you.